Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. So just real quickly, the vision for our Sunday night, we do this, this, uh, this sec- it's the second Sunday yeah, in, in the month. Really simple vision, to see people healed and not suffering. That's our heart because Jesus provided it. And, and, you know, we're just hooking up with the plans and purposes of God. Secondly, to see many others take healing to their sphere of influence. So you might not be sick here, but if there's anything you can learn to take it somewhere else because that's doing the works of Jesus. And then thirdly, to teach, uh, we just want to teach the methods and ways on how God heals. And I might have messed that up. Oh, no, I, I, did it. I did it wrong in my notes. It's right there. And then, th- you know, everything's on here, but just real quickly, I put up uh, here, and I think that this sheet of paper covers all of those. So you can skip over those. And uh, we just want to get on to what I wanted to look at tonight. So I'm calling this <clears throat> what to give the most attention to. What to give the most attention to. You can subname it the best things to gaze on, the best thing to gaze on, like look, the best thing to look at or see. And we all have a lot of choices, so especially in today's world, I mean, you know, you you go home and there's the electronics, there's the phone, there's the TV, all of that kind of stuff. You know, we make choices on where we want to use our time. So with that said, in Numbers chapter 21 and verse 5, the best thing to look at, to pay attention to. Uh, It says this, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food or no water, and we loathe this worthless food. They should have been thankful they had any kind of food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. This is under the old covenant. That wouldn't happen today under this covenant. But this is the old covenant. They were complaining. And then the next verse says, or skipping verse 7, going to verse 8. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So this could actually be looked upon as a serious pandemic because it says right there that when they got bit, many people of Israel died. So this was like, for them, if you were in it, this would be a serious thing. The thought like, hey, every, every you know, possibly it says many died. So probably not everyone was getting bit, but it might have been 100% Whereas this pandemic we've been in, it was 0.003% or like one of the least deadly pandemics ever is this one they're calling a pandemic. That was probably 100%. I mean, if you got bit, you were probably gone. So think about living in something like that. And that situation that they were in, just knowing that on the ground there were these serpents and just thinking, what would you do? I mean, you would be looking and you'd be ready to jump and leap and run. And the attention would be on that. 
the attention. And then he says, if you get bit, so in other words, if they did get bit, it wasn't instant death. So I got this thing where the tendency to keep an eye on two things, both your condition and also on the ground. That's where you would, that, that's where you would pay your attention to, where you would put your time in is your condition. I was bit. What's my body doing? And also, there's fiery serpents there. You would be looking at the ground. Those are the two things you would be doing. You, until God did something, you would be concentrating on the problem. You'd be looking at the source of the sickness, okay? And the source of the sickness, of course, is looking down. And then the symptoms and the actual symptoms is looking in. So people would be looking down and they would be looking in. That's the way that the Lord showed that to me. So let's just take a little step back and let's say this. This is factual. The reason the fiery serpents were present is complaining. You could say disobedience, sin. And you see that in verse number five. So we could say this, the failures of the people, the complaining, the sin, that's what brought the sickness on. So, so you think about that. There's this thing going on. They complained. They did something wrong. The fiery serpents came. Now they're looking down and they're looking in because of what they did. So here's some truth in John chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So this complaining and the sin caused the serpents to come. This bronze serpent that Moses made is a type of Jesus. So it's something really important here. Jesus has fixed everything from the root. So this bronze serpent was a type of Jesus, and the reason they were getting bit is because of their complaining, their sin, their disobedience. So when he says, make the bronze serpent and put it on a pole, whoever looks... There's two main things there. The root, why are people sick on the earth? Well, when Adam and Eve sinned, it says death came, and, it's, and so spiritual death came. The result of spiritual death led to physical sickness and eventual physical death. Spiritual death came first. It was a result of sin, and eventually physical death followed. So God had a plan to redeem us, so he went after the root, so he said, you make this bronze serpent, and when you hold it up, there was going to be two things that happened. Their sin would be forgiven, and their physical bodies would be healed. That bronze serpent, it represented those two things. The blood and the broken body of Jesus. So here's the first thing. It's really important. To receive healing, if anyone beats themselves up over your past sins. If you're sick, the devil will lie to you and say, you're sick, God is punishing you because you did this, you did that. You are being tormented, and, and, and it's really important to know that bronze serpent represents forgiveness. So the first step toward any kind of a healing is to know that you're cleansed and forgiven. People that don't know they're cleansed and people that are looking inward, when people look inward, it's all about themselves. All right, so that's, that's one of the things we see here. Um, 
this, it came to me like this. The source of the problem was inward and downward. The Lord gave a solution that required looking outwards and upwards. And so that's for all of us. When we look down and we look in, it doesn't get us out of what we need to get out of. When we look up and we look out, that's where it starts. So this, um, you look at this, and, and go back to Numbers 21 and verse 9, it says, So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if the serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. That Greek word, look, as you see there, this is out of the dictionary, uh, of Greek dictionary, a, pr a primitive root to scan, but then example to look intently at, look intently at. So we have choices what we want to look at. You know, you can watch a Netflix series and look intently at that, which, you know, recreation every once in a while, I'm not getting on that. But it's amazing because, you know, if you watch a good, cr a good crime mystery, you know, and, and, you know, if it's okay to tell on my wife, you know, if somebody's in danger, she doesn't want everyone to get any, anyone to ever get hurt. So if somebody's in danger, she's getting up and she's going like this. And then she goes behind the couch because somebody might get hurt. That's intense. Sometimes she has to leave the room if she thinks anyone's going to get hurt. Is it okay? It's too late now. <laughs> but, you know, we can get so involved in a crime mystery, and, and you're so looking intently. But, you know, think about looking at Jesus that way. So uh, uh, you look, it says to look at the bronze serpent. Keep your eyes there. Because we, we can, you can even put your eyes on yourself concerning what you would start thinking. Where's my level of faith? But faith comes by hearing. So if we examine our faith and we're just looking at faith, we're not going to the source where it comes. Faith, faith comes by hearing. So instead of like trying to figure out where our faith level is, if we gaze at him automatically in, in his word, the faith level grows. So looking inward is never a help. Does that make sense? We don't have to try to examine ourselves to, to figure out where our faith level is. We need to make sure we gaze at the right thing. And faith is important. I'm not belittling faith, but where does it come from? How do we get it? So it would be safe to say God's power went into the Old Testament people by looking at the brass serpent. They were forgiven, and the power of God went into them when they gazed at that serpent, okay? So <clears throat> here's a few examples, because I think, okay, here we are in today's world. Jesus ascended up into heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of God. Now, we're all, you know, in a sense, we're all Jesus. Like, I, I know that, <laughs> I want to make sure I say this the right way, because some of our, you know, leaders were greatly criticized for saying it, without explaining it, somebody once said, we're all little Jesuses. Well, Jesus said, you know, the Bible really says that once you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and God comes on the inside of you, and he said, the works that I do shall you do also. So we can all walk around on the earth and we're cleansed. We're not like God, but we are an example of Jesus. 
and we take that same power. So, you know, it's not a wrong thing to say that. So Jesus is up there, but how do we apply what I'm talking about? How do we gaze at him now? And so I, I thought I'd give a few examples. I'm going to give a real recent one. Lahima, and this every, Lahima, why, why don't you, like this is Lahima right there. Just raise your hand. And, and I, I love your lipstick color. That's a great lipstick you chose. Um, just playing around. Sorry. <laughs> but so Lahima wasn't feeling well. And she just told my Patsy this testimony. She felt led. So this is the way she gazed at Jesus. She felt led to go to you. She watched Christ the Healer, F.F. Bosworth, on YouTube. It was just somebody reading the book. She just listened to F.F. Bosworth, somebody reading the book, and, and, and that brought faith to her, and long story short, she was completely healed. That was how she gazed at Jesus. Here's, here's another one happened years ago. He just happened to just go to heaven, but Fred Price, who came to Australia many years ago, and he preached there at Garden City Church and great influence in this country, uh, they say he's the one that brought the awareness of faith to Australia, Fred Price. And, um, you know, we're, I, I've been in his church before uh, doing some music with a, a team that I travel with. Uh, Patsy knows the family. Fred Price got a kidney stone that was pretty serious. He told his wife, I'm going in the room with a bottle of water and my Bible, and I'm not coming out until I'm healed. How did he gaze on Jesus? How did he look at the bronze serpent? He went into a room, closed the door. He told his wife and kids, don't bother me. I'm going to be in this room. I'm going to be in the word. I have water to drink. And that's all. He, and I don't know how many hours later it was. But he came out and the kidney stone was gone. It was a pretty painful kidney stone. He was going to have to make a decision, either go to the hospital or get healed. He stayed in that room. He stayed in the word. That, that's how he gazed at Jesus uh, in today's world. Here, here's another one. Um, there was a person that went to a meeting uh, many years ago, and they heard the story about the lady that had the issue of blood, and they heard a teaching on the laying on of hands. And so this person really needed healing. So there was teaching in the morning, and then it finished probably around noontime, and then there was a 7 o'clock service where they were going to do more teaching and lay hands on sick people. So this person learned in the morning how to prepare themselves. In other words, how could she gaze, or I think it was a he, how could he gaze on Jesus in today's world, this present time? So this is like Mark 5 and verse number 28. It says, for she said, if I touch his garments, I will be made well. But then look at it in the New English translation. For she kept saying, she kept saying. In other words, it wasn't a one-time thing. She kept saying, if only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. So this, this man, he took the rest of the day after that meeting was finished at noontime, and he just meditated. This is how he gazed at Jesus. And he kept saying, when hands are laid on me tonight, the healing power of God will go in me and I will be healed. He just fed and meditated and prepared himself throughout the day. And when hands were laid on him that night, 
he was completely healed. And, uh, and then here's one last story. I affectionately call her Mom Hagen. She was the wife of Kenneth Hagen, who we served a number of, I was served for 10 years and my wife served 16 years that ministry. And uh, so I was there when this happened. She went to the doctor and got a terrible report. You know, the Southern diet, deep fried food, the, the arteries near the heart were clogged up and she was gonna need open heart surgery. She didn't know why she was having the pain and she, you know, she was out of breath and various things like that. And she went to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you, your arteries are clogged up. And so we were just getting ready to go from Tulsa to San Francisco to do like, uh, I don't know if it was two weeks of meetings, like morning and night. We used to do back then, we used to have, we're talking about meetings, morning and night and even sometimes afternoon. So the doctor said, stay home and rest. But, you know, Mom Hagen was a fighter. She goes, I'm going to San Francisco to help my husband, and I'll be back in a couple weeks, and she went on the road. She did one thing. She stayed in in the mornings and rested, but then she went to the meetings at night, and she laid hands on all the people in the healing line when she had her arteries clogged. But what she did is when she got back to Tulsa, we all went back, and we got in the office, and we start working. She said, I'm not coming to the office for one week. She said, I'm going to feed on God's word like almost eight hours a day and I'm going to do it all week. And that's what she did. She fed on the word. And then on Friday when Brother Hagen came home from the office, she said, honey, I'm ready for you to agree with me and lay hands on me. So I, I want to just like, like break that down a little bit. Here's Kenneth Hagen, who was known all over the world as a healing minister, strong in faith. She could have thought, well, my husband's Kenneth Hagen. I got access to him anytime, and I'm just going to, like, lay hands on me. You know, she could have done that, but, you know, she was under enough teaching to know she needed to prepare herself. There's really a lot to learn there because sometimes, you know, people have hands laid on them, but they're, they're not believing anything. And so she, what she did is she fed on the word, and then so on Friday, she said, I'm ready now for you to, Minister, like agree. She said, didn't min she didn't say minister to me. She said, agree with me. And she didn't even say lay hands. She just said, I'm ready for you to agree with me. He decided to lay hands on her. She didn't ask for it. She was ready to use her faith and agree. So Brother Hagen put a hand on her and they prayed, agreed that she just received her healing. She said it was like hot oil coming out of heaven and it hit her here. Like it was like warm oil and she felt it go through her entire body all the way down she went to the doctor and he said I don't know what's going on but it's like your heart's brand new you don't need open heart surgery so that's how she gazed on Jesus at Jesus she looked at him by looking and feeding on the word so that these are just like some you know four different examples so we can all apply this today like how how can you gaze at Jesus how can how can you put your attention on him. So with that said, I, 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 what I'd like to do tonight, where are we at 6.30? We're going to minister healing tonight to those who would want it. But that's the nice thing about Sunday nights. We can do whatever we want on Sunday night. There's no run sheet. You know, there's different kinds of services. And Sunday night, we don't have run sheets. So we're going to do something different tonight. What we're going to do is we're going to have a time 
where we just sit. And you, if you want to take a walk, you can walk. If you want to lay on the floor, you can. But uh, both Jenny and Madonna are going to come up, and they're going to do some music. And then I think at quarter till, that's like 14 minutes, we're going to actually have 14 minutes of gazing at Jesus. So we're going to, here's what we're going to do. David and Lindy are here. They, and, and Benny's back there. And all three of them, their strength is in speaking and exercising authority. They're strong in that area. So when you come up, you can prepare yourself for like, it's like an agreement that they're going to exercise that authority with you and speak to your body. Now, I, you know, I feel like I'm, I need to use my hands because that's a strong thing. It, it doesn't mean I don't speak. But if you want to uh, gaze at Jesus with the thought that when hands are laid on you, the, you know, prepare yourself that way. But we're just going to take some time and do that. So about quarter till, we'll all get up here. And whoever would like to be ministered to, you can come up. But until that time, really gaze at him. Just put all your attention on him. Okay.
us keep our eyes on him and not ourselves. Uh, years ago, I was in, in the state of uh, Maine or somewhere up there in Northeast America, Massachusetts or somewhere. And there were, I, I, I taught the word on healing. It was a healing meeting in a church and a lady drove for one hour and even just the fact that she drove in one hour in the winter time in bad weather shows how desperate she was for her child. But she brought her little child, and there was three major things wrong with the child. Couldn't walk. Couldn't even crawl. Hey, hon, do you remember the other two? I, those, that one child. Was it speech? It was three things. Hearing and speech and couldn't walk. So, couldn't hear. Yeah. And she brought the child up and I laid hands on the child and, and it came to my remembrance and this is something I didn't, I didn't coin this or invent this phrase, but it's keep the switch of faith turned on. Well, that was brought to my remembrance, I believe, by the Holy Spirit when I laid hands on that child. So I told the lady what you'll need to do is keep the switch of faith turned on. And of course, then I explained it to her. And I said, here's what I mean by that. When I laid hands on your, when I laid hands on your child, God's power went into your child. Every time you think about it, you, you don't go by what you see. You don't, if it doesn't happen immediately, you go by the power went into my child and power is working in my child. Every time you think about it, you keep that switch of faith turned on and you say, when hands were laid on my child, the power of God went into my child and the power of God is working in my child. So she said she drove back home. She, my Patsy went up and did a ladies uh, meeting up there a couple years later. I was, we, she wasn't with me when I was there and I wasn't with her, but the lady brought came to the ladies conference and she showed Patsy her child. She goes, now when I drove home that night, the first thing that happened is I put the child down on the floor. There was no change at church. There was no change when we got to the car, but I took the baby and I set it on the floor to hang my coat up. I looked and the baby crawled across the floor. And then she said, progressively, everything was healed in that baby to the baby was completely normal, but it didn't happen immediately. But then there's other things that I've seen happen immediately. So what am I saying? When we gaze at him, we're not looking inward. We're not examining ourselves. We're not looking at all of those things, but we're, we're believing something that by his stripes, we are healed. The power of God went into us. The power of God's working. We're doing that. And we're not like examining ourselves or what level of faith we're on. We're thanking him that it's his will to heal. It's already been bought and paid for. It's ours. We have it now. It's working in us. We're doing those kind of things. And, and then the rest takes care of itself. Does that make sense? Okay. So they're, they're going to continue to minister, and then we just open up the front, and whoever would want ministry, you're, you're welcome to come forward. spending that time um, just waiting on the Lord, looking at Jesus, getting what done. God started talking to me about someone here is suffering from trauma. And 
Now, this could be trauma from something that's happened from a long time ago. You could be traumatized by your something that happened to your spouse or a child or something, and they, they might have got through that now, but you are traumatized by it. And if you could imagine yourself as a doll, if someone was to pick you up and rattle, shake this doll, this is you, you would rattle because there's something broken inside. And you've even said to God, there's something that's broken on the inside of me that only God can fix. And God wants to fix that tonight. Because God's going to heal you wherever you hurt. Now, I don't believe, I, I could be wrong. I believe this is not necessary physically, but this could be something emotionally and the way I want to release this to people is the way because I don't want to embarrass anybody but if that's you I'm going to send the word of healing to you right now in Jesus name you ready to receive so father you know that who, who that is could be several people could be a male or female you could be young or old but just shut your eyes and just see Jesus reaching out to you and I'm just going to release that healing power in Jesus' name. I'm going to do it forcefully. I'm going to just say the word, be healed very strongly. And I want you to imagine that Jesus is standing right in front of you. And when I say be healed very strongly, Jesus is going to touch your body and the power of God is going to go and fix whatever's wrong in your body, in your emotions. So ready? Ready? One, two, three. Be healed in Jesus' name. There it is, there it is, there it is. There it is. And you know, when you receive something, you know what you do? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now when I'm shaken, I won't rattle anymore. I won't rattle anymore because I'm not broken. Because Jesus visited me and healed me. Hallelujah.
looking at you the devil's tried to take you out all kind of stuff you're here but I, I felt like the spirit of the Lord was saying this and you know anyone else in your category you can take this as your own but what he tried to do to bring you down by you coming up out of that and preparing yourself instead of him taking you down you will take healing to those around simple word. Instead of him taking you down, you will take healing to those around. So it's thinking bigger. He tried to make you think small. But God is saying, think big. You're not the victim, you're the victor, and you will take healing to those. Church, praise the Lord. I just felt like I had a word for someone with a hip problem. Um, kind of feels like pain. Um, pins and needles, that's what the pain feels like. Or something like stabbing into your side. Uh, left hip, as well as um, the left foot as well. It could be two different cases, but I just felt those in um, worship. So if that's you, I feel like. Right, there you go. 
like to just say some things together. Uh, we like to try to keep our times, and so if we could just, if you want to close your eyes, and let's just declare these things. That you can never do too much of this, so we'll say these things together. By his stripes, I am healed. The glory of God resides on the inside of me. The same glory that raised Christ from the dead. God's power, Holy Spirit power, is on the inside of me. God's power, His glorious healing power, is working in me. I call myself whole, well, in the name of Jesus. It's good. You can never say that too often. Hallelujah. Thank you. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.